Yes, we're back. What? <laughs> oh, 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 look who's back! It's my favorite. I've missed her so much. Your girl right there. I know. I had to move inside. You know, look, I'm on Wi-Fi now. My studio, I'm plugged in, baby. I don't know what's cracking out there. I don't know. I appreciate you making the adjustment, though. That's good. I, I want to say, Bill, Bill, behind the scenes, Bill just uh, popped in here. He got married uh, recently, so shout out, Bill. We love you, man. And, of course, if you're going to talk about marriage, you're also going to talk about babies. Congratulations to our fearless leader, not Jimmy. Katie did all the work. Oh, my so, gosh. Katie, yeah. great job. It's little James Douglas John Baby O'Brien. Welcome to the world. If you haven't seen the, the the pictures on Instagram or any of those other social media posts, that's a damn good-looking baby, I got to tell you. It's a good-looking baby. Most babies are ugly, alien-looking things. But, yeah, the John Baby, Jimmy Jr., my guy, my right-hand man that's going to help me fire Jake in a few years, looks alert and beautiful. I know. I know. It's an exciting time. So um, I'm going to guess, I, I don't want to speak for Jimmy, but some of the breakdowns might wait. Uh, and please don't ask him for a breakdown of the birth. Okay? Hey. Stay in your lane, people. Jimmy, get back to work, bro. Let's go. <laughs> kidding me. I pl you know what? I gave, had a baby. It was playing in two days. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you didn't have the baby. Olivia did. That's true. Okay. Good. Anyway, we want to welcome you to the first Monday off-season edition of Baseball Today. It's Ploof and Rose with you for the next several minutes. Starting to hit on some of the more interesting off-season topics that are beginning to trickle in. And let's start with this. Mark Berman, who uh, works down in Houston, media member, says that the Astros have offered free agent to be Carlos Correa five years and $160 million. That is $32 million a year. Is that a good start? Or is it laughable? Um, I know it's it's la more laughable than it is a good start, only because the the length on it. Okay, thirty two million dollars AAV is probably right around what he's going to get. Probably thirty five, I'd have to say thirty five, thirty six. So the AAV is not far. If it's just the years are, Carlos just turned twenty seven years old. You got to imagine the guy's got six, seven good years ahead of him. And then teams are going to have to pay for that probably that eighth year as well to get him to come sign with you. So I think that's where, you know, the discrepancy is, is the length. And I think the Astros can point to, you know, he hasn't stayed on the field, you know, all that much in his career. Like he's had some injuries. People point to Aaron Judge not being on the field. And our good guy Dan Rourke pointed out that Carlos Correa has been on the field less than Aaron Judge since 2017. So I think that's what the Astros are thinking. Uh, but I also – don't, I just don't think they're really making a pitch to bring him back. Not with those first two offers we've seen. few things. Uh, I like Dan a lot. He sees things through judge-colored glasses. <laughs> Do you know how many games Carlos Correa has missed combined over the last two years in the regular season? Probably not many. 16. Yeah. 16. So he has missed roughly eight a year. Last year, of course, was the shortened season. And then this year we had the full season. So he has been healthy healthy and dependable the last two years. Uh, there are a few guys who you'd rather have up there in a, a clutch postseason at bat than Carlos Correa. 
he just won a gold glove, which I'm not a huge fan of the whole gold glove voting system ever since they gave one to Rafael Palmero at first base when he played less than like 50 games at first base one year. But I do know just from watching him and looking at the metrics, he is an elite defender. In fact, he was tied with uh, Jacob Stallings and Ryan McMahon for the most defensive runs saved this year. He also led everybody in defensive war. He was the first shortstop to lead position players in war since A-Rod in 2000. There is no way this guy is going to sign a five-year contract. It is laughable. It is just a joke. I don't know where the Astro... I know it's called a negotiation, so you have to start somewhere. But please, don't insult the man. And some people say, well, it's $32 million. I would play for $32 million. Yo, bro, you're like me. You suck at baseball. You're not going <laughs> to play for $32 million because nobody's going to pay you that. So he should go get whatever he wants. He doesn't owe the Astros a damn thing. This is his day to get paid. And if the Astros, they got a lot of money. They really do. They got a lot of money in their coffer. They've made a ton of money over the last several years, in part because of guys like Carlos Correa. If you want him, you'll pay for him. I think that's the point, is I think that they're willing to walk and that's willing fine. to ad address other parts of their ball club. And, that, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing. I agree with you. He's going to get much more. Like, there's going to be – I mean – I wouldn't say every single – obviously, not every single team is going to be on him, whether they have a shortstop or they're just not financially ready to spend. There's probably going to be four or five teams really interested in him, and he's going to break the bank. There's no doubt about it. Yep, and you're right. If you want to walk away, you are more than welcome to walk away and, and put your resources elsewhere. I'm not telling the Astros they have to go pay him, but they also know they're not getting him for that kind of offer. No. So you, you figure out. Here's what we value Carlos Correa at. We'd love to have him back for this price. And I think more teams ought to do that, to be honest with you. Not enough teams. Some teams get in trouble because they're like, oh, we think we got to pay him. It just puts more pressure on you, your drafting and developing people, and your scouting department to figure out what guys will fit in your clubhouse. When you bring somebody in from the outside, you, just, you don't know enough about them. Yes, yeah, interesting. They can go a few different ways. I know we don't want to harbor on this too much longer, but, you know, say they said, hey, we'll give you five years for 40. Like, do you uh -huh. think Carlos thinks about that, or do you think he's more interested in the length in those years? Um, I think that that would catch his attention if he went all the way up to 40. <clears throat> I think it would catch his attention. The, the, also, the bottom line is, is we don't know what's going to happen with the CBA. So, like, us True. talking about contracts right now, man. I don't think anything is going to get signed anytime soon, and, right. you know, right now. Well, which takes us to our second topic, the qualifying offer. And I think a few eyebrows were raised when the Dodgers gave one to Corey Seager, Corey Seager gave one to Chris Taylor, but did not give one to Clayton Kershaw, making him a free agent for the first time in his career. Was that the biggest surprise in the qualifying offer realm over the weekend? It's, it's shocking because it's Kershaw's name. Rysel Iglesias getting one is interesting to me. I think he's only like the fifth or sixth reliever to get a qualifying mm -hmm. offer. Uh, but it, as far as Kershaw goes, you know, he did have the elbow stuff. He had a PRP injection at the end of the year, and maybe the Dodgers have seen some. I don't want to put that out there, that he's hurt more than they're letting on. But, like, that's obviously a case where they've seen some stuff. Like, hey, maybe we're not willing to do the $18 million qualifying offer. I I would have offered him that if I was a Dodger just because I, I'm 
I believe there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, uh-huh. especially with a guy like Clayton Kershaw who means so much and like sells tickets for you and is a franchise icon. I would have done it just to see if you would have accepted it. Great, one-year deal. If he declines it, you get the draft pick, all that good stuff. So I think there's probably some more stuff going on behind the scenes that, that we just don't know about because that, that was pretty shocking that he didn't, he didn't receive one. Yeah, a, a little bit shocking. I thought there were a couple more that, that really made me go, wow. Uh, I want to say this first and foremost. I think people that, that follow my content understand it, that I am as pro player as it gets. I was a little surprised that Noah Syndergaard got the $18.4 million qualifying offer, in part because of where the Mets are. Remember, this is a guy that only pitched two games last year because of Tommy John. Now, they're very close with him. They understand where his body is. I'm happy for him. In fact, Syndergaard put out kind of a, a, you know, I don't know if you saw the hugging meme that he put out on social media, like a thank you, like, thank you, Mets, for believing in me. So he understands that the Mets are kind of going out on the line for him. I just thought from a franchise, but then again, this is a franchise that doesn't have any decision makers in place right now. They don't have a manager. They don't have a GM. They're all over the place. So I think it was probably the path of least resistance here. They were like, okay, we need an arm. We know who he is. We think that if he comes back to kind of who he was, that 18 mil is is a decent deal. But, man, if you look at that rotation right now, DeGrom's got injury questions. Carlos Carrasco has had injury issues the last few years. Syndergaard, injury issues. And, the you know, the guy who has been their most dependable starter the last two years is Marcus Stroman. He gone. They're going to let him walk. What's going on? Uh, I, again, the same with Syndergaard. To me, there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal, especially with an elite starting pitcher. You. And I, even with all the injuries, with all the injuries there, it's just it's like you're taking a lot of risk here with a ton of guys. I I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Syndergaard took the qualifying offer. Well, goes good. goes back to New York, reestablishes his value, and then enters the market after the CBA is already done. I mean, it's almost like it's pro- that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And once again, you know, Stroman's not – they weren't able to, to give him the qualifying offer again. He's a free agent. But, man, I I would make him a priority. You know, his, his numbers last year were sensational. And he seems to really have it together. I, yes. I don't know. One other thing, by the way. John Gray did not get a qualifying offer from the Rockies. And I know if you look at his overall numbers, sub 500, four and a half ERA. I know in 2019 he was great. The last two years have been up and down at best. But what the hell were they doing? They're going to let him walk for nothing. They could have traded him at the deadline for something. They're just going to let John Gray walk out of Colorado? It's interesting because obviously they know how to use the qualifying offer. They're very well aware of that because they decided that was a better course of option for Trevor Story than trading him during the year. So they've been thinking about what they want to do with this with the qualifying offer since, what, July? And this is what they came up with? Nothing? I, I, I don't understand that. Unreal. All right. Wearing my Giants hat, Buster Posey. He retired late last week even though there was a $22 million option on the table for him. He said he was just too banged up, dealing with too much pain. Um, are you glad that he's gone out after a sensational bounce-back season, or are you a little disappointed because you felt like, man, this team was pointing in the right direction and Posey looked like the MVP Posey? 
I'm happy for him if that's if this is the decision that he's happy with. And it sounds like he's been thinking about it for a long time. This wasn't just a reactionary decision. Like he knew this was going to be the case. And it sounds like even the front office of the of the Giants knew this was going to be the case. And they were just kind of hoping that maybe he'd change his mind uh, after having such a good year. But I've seen this happen a lot with guys that could still play. Uh, Torrey Hunter was one of them. Um, Joe Maurer, Jim Tomei, these guys, they get to the end of their career, these long, illustrious careers where they really have nothing left to prove. I mean, Buster has absolutely nothing left to prove. He's been at the highest of highs many times. So I think what it comes down to with these guys is, is the mental side of having to prepare your body the way they have to do before every single game. They were talking, Posey was spending up to two hours before every game just getting ready to go out and do his pregame work. And I know that's like, yeah, two hours, you know, you can do it and go play. You're a major league baseball player. But like day after day after day after day of that really grinds. And you hear every single one of those guys who I mentioned, they'll talk about that. Preparing to play just got to be too much. And I think that's where Buster's head is at. And like I said, he's accomplished everything. Now he gets to go enjoy the little things in life, dropping your kids off at school, like being around your family. And he's valuing that more than, you know, any money or continuing to play. So I'm happy. He seems like he's in a really good headspace. His post, his, his press conference was incredible. So I'm happy for him. Yep. Easy decision for him. When you start mentioning that you're in pain at age 34, that's it. You know, the guy – what hasn't the guy accomplished? You know, he's an MVP. He's a three-time World Series champ. He stuck with the franchise that drafted him, made it all the way through there. He found an adopted home, kids from, from Georgia, uh, and ended up being a star in San Francisco. Um, classy the entire way. Uh, in fact, Gabe Kapler is, is the latest guest on the Rose Rotation. We spent a long time talking about Buster Posey and what Posey meant to this team behind the scenes. And he really kind of, opens it up for a lot of fans out there about what, you know, Buster's one of the quiet, quiet guys. He's one of the few guys that did not come on intentional talk over the years. And it wasn't because he didn't like us. We always, whenever we would see him, he'd always walk over. He'd be like, hey, Kevin, hey, Chris, how are you? How are your families? Didn't have to. Always came out of his way, you know, went out of his way to say hello. But he just never wanted to come on. Just, it's, that's not who he is. So he's very private. I think he's got two sets of twins. He wants to hang out and be a dude. And by the way, good for him that he can not be influenced by 22 million bucks to come back because I might do it one more year. (laughs) (laughs) I saw saw Josh Willingham turn down $4 million. And I was like, how could you turn down $4 million? $22 million is crazy, but the guy's also made a ton of money. He's got the thing that you said that I like the most is, it's very rare in today's game for a guy to stick with one franchise his entire career. And I, yeah. and maybe I'm old school with this, but I really enjoy when that happens. And Buster's going to have a statue. And, like, he, he's going to be – he'll have a special assistant role with the Giants. Him and Farhan will probably help build some more winners for Gabe. It's, it's going to be cool to see what he does next. Uh, I'm sure he'll be great at it, whatever it is. Yeah, and by the way, give credit to not only uh, the player, because we usually look at player movement based on the player's decisions – it was also the organization. Sometimes the organizations move on from you. So the fact that that marriage lasted as long as it did, good. Good for both sides. Did, was, did you see Farhan when he first started the presser was like, I just, I don't know if this is the right time to ask this, but are, are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
do you really want to retire? They want him back, man. How, how of course they want him back. Yeah. I mean, he put up his best uh, OPS since his 2012 MVP season. Pretty damn good. All right. Uh, more interesting Chicago pitching move over the weekend. The Cubs claiming Wade Miley off waivers from the Reds or the White Sox picking up the $16 million option on Craig Kimbrell, even though he did not pitch well for them. They're, they're both interesting to me. I'll talk a little bit about Wade Miley. The Reds are obviously shedding payroll. Uh, but what's interesting to me is <clears throat> teams, teams kind of knew that they were shedding payroll. So that's, that's why a guy goes on claims or, or excuse me. <clears throat> that's why no one was trying to trade for him. They understood that they were probably just going to expose him to waivers. Um, same thing happened to me. Uh, my last year in Minnesota, the team said no one was really looking forward to trading for me because they knew I'd be exposed to waivers, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. The, the surprising thing is, even with the year he had, the Cubs were like, what, like 10th on the waiver wire and, and, and were able to get him. So nine different teams passed up on him. And I'm curious as to why. Like, what, what, what don't we know? Because he had a really good year for the Reds last year. He had a great year. Do you know what his war was? It's a top Six. ten. Six? Yeah, it's huge. So, th I don't know. That's it's very – like I said, the surprising part is we knew the Reds were shedding payroll, whatever. The surprising part is the nine teams passed on him before the Cubs because, look, you know, pitching is always in demand. And the Reds, who maybe now I'm thinking this is stupid, they should have just picked up his option and then waited to trade him Whenever, spring training, you know, May, June, like, you know, do something, get something for this guy. That doesn't make any sense. No, well, I think Reds fans, you have a lot to be frustrated about. You trade Tucker Barnhart because you didn't want to pay his almost $8 million salary. You expose Wade Miley, a dependable, healthy pitcher, to waivers because you didn't want to pay his $10 million. And they're thrilled because they, they claim him on waivers so they didn't have to pay his $1 million buyout. Uh, Castellanos opts out, so that saves another, what, $16 million or whatever it is. The Reds are – you have to wonder if the Reds are really interested in winning this year. Or is it just – Obviously not. That, and that's tough, man, because they were such an interesting watch for most of this year. They're kind of caught in the middle. They really are because they get – you know, Votto bounced back. Jonathan India is probably going to be rookie of the year. Jesse Winker was an all-star this year. I'm going to guess that Sonny Gray is the next to go. My guess is once they once we hammer out a collective bargaining agreement, he's gone. It'd be interesting to see what moves they make because they have Moose on the docket. They can't probably can't trade that contract right now without eating some money, which you know or they attaching, might or attaching a prospect or attaching a prospect. We'll see what they do with that. But yeah, they have some good players, and if they're going sell mode. There's going to be teams looking to take advantage of that. Very quickly, we had heard earlier in the offseason that the White Sox were going to pick up Kimbrell's $16 million option. Not to hold on to him, but to trade him. I'll be curious to see what sort of market there is for him. He was lights out with the Cubs. He moved, what, 8, 10 miles down the road, and he was a different pitcher. He was not the same guy. I know there's the possibility that he wasn't the closer, that Hendricks was. Maybe that changes things. I, I don't know. But, man, $16 million for a guy who had that sort of second half, you damn well better be sure if you're going to trade for him. Yeah, I mean, 
I think the way people approach trades now is, is drastically different. It's not always about how you ended the eyeball test. They can set you up on a track, man, and get all your numbers. Be like, oh, he's still fine. Let's 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 run him back with him. Okay. So he throws a few bullpens uh, during the off season, and all his numbers look good. His velo's good. His spin looks good. Everything looks sharp. Then teams will still be, you know, willing to trade for a guy like that with his track record. And we know how valuable relievers are especially you know come postseason time so i think there will be suitors as long as everything his arm lines up and he's fine okay fair enough last one once again congratulations to the atlanta braves and their fan base is several hundred thousand fans lined the streets of downtown and eventually went out to the stadium and did their thing during the parade what was your favorite part of the parade a lot of cool stuff happened my favorite part was a, a summation of events it was the totality of all the players saying we need to re-sign freddie but re-sign freddie that's putting pressure on old alex because they're getting the fans riled up there's all these clips i mean how many different guys said it like four or five guys on the microphone said we need to re-sign freddie like that is that's legit putting pressure. And I was, like, hoping they'd announce it on stage, like, we already re-signed Freddie. Uh, but I do think it's inevitable now at this point. They cannot let the dude go anywhere else. They need to re-sign Freddie. He's, very, like, like a Buster Posey to them. They need to keep him uh, in that Braves uniform for his entirety of his career. So I thought that was the coolest part. Uh, a couple of really nice catches of beer cans and chugs, which is always fun to see. But them putting the pressure on the Braves front office was my favorite thing. Yeah, it's hard for me to nail down just one. First of all, I want to find the guy who was driving the, the thing like <laughs> 50 miles an hour through the streets. Yo, bro, it's a parade. You're not late to work. Like, <laughs> let everybody wave and let the fans enjoy. We no, this is not a time commitment here. We're good. Um, one of the other great things was Jock Peterson. We are Yeah. Saying his famous line, we all loved it, we all enjoyed, and the place went nuts. And I'm sure there were a lot of parents who did the old earmuffs with their kids if they were at the parade. But for me, it was Tyler Matzik almost getting yeah. arrested. When, <laughs> when he went out in the street and some cop just thought he was some stumbling around drunk Braves fan in a, in a Braves jersey, and everybody's like, no, that's the guy with the big nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> can you let him go oh man that was funny dude it was a little scary though because he starts to reach into his his pocket yeah. and you know i think the cop handled it well i think the cop did his job how about that yeah i mean right if you don't know and some of these guys don't look the same when they're out of uniform except that he was wearing a massive jersey well dude i mean everybody's wearing braves jerseys there he had a silly ass hat on like I get it, man. Like you got, you got to put yourself in the the policeman's shoes. There, he's like trying to protect the Braves team, but I think they did a good job. That was really funny, though. It was good. It was good. All right, what do you have coming up on Job Boy? Because even though it is the off season, we never rest around here. I'm running back out. Hopefully, my internet's working back in the studio. I got talking yep. baseball with. Uh, I think it's just me and Jake and BBD. I think Jom is still uh, doing baby stuff. So uh, when that happens, it's a silly episode. 
We're going to be talking about a lot of the similar things that we just talked about here. And then I'm recording a sequence for tomorrow. And then I'm going to Disneyland tomorrow and all sorts of good stuff, man. You're going to Disneyland tomorrow. Yeah. My daughter's turning four and we're going to go spend the day. Park Hopper or just one of them? Both. Park Hopper. Come on, Rosie. Are you calling for a special VIP tour? Uh, I'll talk to you offline about it. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to pry where I shouldn't go. All right, Rosie. The answer is no. The answer is no. Oh. Well, we, have, we have alternative ways. Oh. What do you show them? Your MLB PA card and that yeah. kind of gets you in? Oh, yeah. They love that. Just a slightly above average ball player. <laughs> Stop. Better than slightly above average. Slightly, slightly above average. Okay, uh, latest episode of the Rose Rotation is out, as I mentioned, with Gabe Kapler. He is the first manager to join us. It was a blast. He's got a sweet-ass pad up in San Francisco, as you would expect. Talk about a lot of things. Um, in addition to Buster Posey, we talk about how he dealt with being booted out of Philly after just two years. Did he have to have a pick-me-up? Was it difficult for him emotionally? Um he was a 57th round draft pick. 57th. Like, that's pretty interesting, right? To make it that way. Um, we did talk about that cake that his players got him. Remember the meat cake? Oh, yeah. All right. So we've got a good story there as well. Uh, we talked about his beard, his glasses. I give him some fashion advice, and you can see whether or not he took it. So it's a really fun episode. Very insightful. You know, he's obviously super, super smart and um, and well-spoken and a very good storyteller. So there's a lot of good stuff in there. You know, I mean, Gabe is Gabe is one of my guys, so I'm very yeah. excited to, to sit down and listen. I, I actually might be seeing him this weekend. Um, oh. Again, we'll talk about that offline, but uh, go check that episode out. I'm, I've said before that I think Gabe is probably the most interesting man in MLB right now. Could be. He's a deep thinker. There's no question. There's a lot a lot more than just uh, do we put on the hit and run and, you know, do this. I've also said about Gabe that you can't have just a regular old conversation with him. Like, it's going to get deep. And, like, I'm curious to see how that interaction went with you, too. I mean, you can get deep with him very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was real. I really enjoyed it. There's no question about it. Uh, and then later on Wednesday, I am taping with Cleveland pitcher Tristan McKenzie. Ooh, really good, yeah, good fun kid. So I'm looking forward to that. I have a few other things that I'm setting up right now that um, don't quite want to disclose. But we will be doing talk. Uh, you're, you're on talking baseball. Baseball today, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We believe in the off seasons. Might cut down to two days a week here and there. But uh, we will see you on Wednesday. You good with that? Let's do it, baby. All right, brother. Have a great day. I hope your daughter has a wonderful fourth birthday. Thank you. Enjoy the park hopper. Do the cars ride. It's great. Okay. And uh, do the uh, – is it Soren over California? Or I think they've changed the name over the of the ride there. That's a fun one. Have you done that? I think so. Is that that California Adventure? It is. It's the one, though, it's different. Like, you, your feet are dangling from – you know, you're, oh, it's like a reverse I haven't done that roller. one. It's good. I don't know if she'll be able to do it at four. She might be a little small for it, to be honest. But maybe you and Teddy can slip away and go do it. Boys trip. I like that. All right, brother. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for tuning in here to Baseball Today, part of John Boy Media. Peace. Love you guys.